Did you see the video of the Pats fan? Yeah. Like, yeah. Sharon seeing Ramondre run and he was like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And then he was like kind of confused when he passed it back to Myers. And then he was like, no, no. Yeah, you can see like the, the play going on cheering and then just, yeah. It is episode 138 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire. Your boys Hayden and Jevin are joined by a recurring guest, good friend of the show, fellow Pat boy, Scotty Ani. How's it going, buddy? How we doing? We're good, man. Good. Happy to be back. Talking right. You surviving the snow or what? Yeah, we're all good. Got some new winter tires the other day. Love that. You're not a piece of shit. Let's go. (laughs) Exactly. My old ones are trash. I had to pull out some new ones. And I got to drive across the province anyway. So it's not much you can do without them. Yeah. You got a trip scheduled up the trail in a couple of days. Yeah. Trail Fruitvale. Leaving tomorrow. A long drive. How long is the drive? It's it's like seven, but the roads, who knows? Yeah. It's going to be like 24. (laughs) Yeah. Try to leave early. It's just family up there. Yeah, family, friends, you know. Are you gonna just spend the Christmas season, come back for New Year's kind of thing? Or are you coming back in the new year? Yeah. What's the plan? Yeah, I'll be back for New Year's. Probably come back on 30th, maybe right. 31st, somewhere around there. Fucking rights. Hayden, uh, you surviving the snow, buddy? We got town overnight, about mm. 20 centimeters. Yeah, dude, it was uh it was kind of crazy. Last night I was coming home and uh I was just turning on from Lowheed onto Harris. And I wasn't going fast, maybe like 10 kilometers an hour, right? Obviously, inching my way through. Yeah. And you know how like that light works on Harrison Lowheed, where it's like, it'll be the dedicated left turn lanes. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be straight going through Lowheed. Yeah. And then it'll be Harris turning left and then yeah. Harris going to, yeah. Rinse and repeat, so, yeah. It was the last one. It was Harris by Petro turning left mm-hmm. and going up Harris. And this one truck in front of me obviously was yielding to the traffic coming yeah. ahead of him, right? And so I was like inching up and then all of a sudden black ice. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm skirting along. And at this point, I'm like, holy fuck, am I pressing the gas? And I'm like, both feet are on the brake. And I'm like, Oh fuck! And so I just <laughs> turned left, and next thing you know, I'm like, th- I'm going straight, and then I'm yeah. like perpendicular to the road. Oh my god! And I'm like, what the fuck was that, man? Tires are even with like snow tires or like any like sort of all seasons, doesn't fucking matter. You got to be yeah. on your toes. Yeah. So mini- yeah, I almost rear-ended someone. The minivan was Tokyo drifting. <laughs> Dude, she was out for a spin. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I um, me and Georgia had plans to go Christmas shopping, uh, this morning, and obviously that was before I was I knew about the massive snowfall we were gonna get. Walk up to my car and I realized that it's my car is basically plowed in, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is a nightmare. 
I and like I'm shoveling it out, and I'm like, I don't even know if my car is gonna be like moving out of this. And I'm doing all this work. Let's just hope for the best. But luckily, the Honda Accord is just fine, just fine. So beauty, yeah, it was perfect. But let's get into this episode. We got a very fun episode ahead of us. Um, oh, my camera went off again. Naturally, there we go. I'm back. We're gonna kick it off with Canucks. So we got one point out of a possible six. Um, shootout win against Calgary on Wednesday, and then back-to-back five-one losses to the Jets and the Blues. Um, very not much that happened throughout this whole game. Besser and Patterson were both out against Winnipeg. But Hayden, did you catch any of this week's games? And uh, what were some of your thoughts on any of the performances? Uh, unfortunately, I caught majority of them, and unfortunately, I woke up uh, the next morning, and I was like, "Well, goddamn, <laughs> <laughs> nothing good except for the Calgary one, which couldn't stay awake for because I'm a pussy." And um, your words, yeah, not mine. What? Your words, not mine. Yeah, exactly. But it's. last night that game was tough especially after how hot we looked in the first period Mm -hmm. and then yeah woke up again and it was it was 5-1 i'm like what the fuck (laughs) yeah i uh i was doing the express game that night and i was kind of following along as i was um doing like in between crowd work stuff and i was just Two nothing, three nothing i'm like oh god this is a nightmare and winnipeg has been so hot and cold this year and they've had one like severe, like constant bright spot, which is Connor Hellebuck. Mm-hmm. And um, Scott, I'm going to throw this over to you. Hellebuck had 22 saves that night. He's 16 7 1 on the season. He has three shutouts, sub um, two goals against average, 9 2 8 save percentage. Is he um, up there on your ballot for the Vesna this year? Yeah, he's got to be with numbers like that, but. Like you said, Winnipeg's not that great of a team, and that award, you know, generally goes to teams that win a lot. So I don't think anyone's touching Allmark right now in Boston. I think all of his numbers are like super comparable and they're winning every night pretty much. So yeah. I think he's uh he's carrying that one right now. Um, I want to jump to the five one blues loss. Um Kairu had three and one. Um after a slow start, yeah, to expect that he would uh turn up his production, eh? He started to right when they went on that uh, win streak, right? They start where they lose. They lost eight straight in regulation, then they won seven straight right after that. And yeah, he's been good ever since. Still, I fought through it all. Have him on my fantasy team the whole time. Nice four point night. He got banged up last night. Though I can't remember who hit him. Was it uh, Kyle Burrows? Yeah. So hopefully he's just out a game or two or not at all. But he yeah. lit it up for my fantasy team to start the week last night. I like that. Yeah, I was watching the game and I was like. I mean, Canucks are losing, but I have Cairo on my team as well, and he's kind of lighting the lamp right now, so I'll let him slide. <laughs> and cairo uh, has been on and off my team about four or five different times. <laughs> no one seems to be active enough in our league, so I just keep picking him right back up. So, nice. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty nice. But Bennington had 33 saves on that night, and uh, he's starting to... Sp- pick it up after you got a little pee whack from Craig Berube after he clotheslined Jason Zucker versus Pittsburgh. Um, he started the game after and he led in six and got pulled, but ever since then he's seems to be picking up his play and listening to his coach. 
What was your whole opinion on that incident and how Bennington has uh, picked it back up, Scott or Hayden? One of you guys. Like Bennington's such a clown, man. <laughs> I hate that guy. Honestly, like he, it was fun for a bit. It was fun when they went on their cup run and he's, you know, and he wasn't doing dirty shit. He was just kind of being a run. You know, like, yeah, he was just being a how he's being yeah. with the media and being like, I'm not nervous, all that shit. That was fun and that was cool. And then it's just every three weeks he just does something so stupid. And like, and I generally like players that are like that too. Like I'm a fan of Marshan. I'm a fan of Tom Wilson. Like I'm a fan of all those type of guys, but there's some of old Bennington that I just hate. Like I can't stand him. Yeah. Aiden? Uh, yeah, no, it, I was going to say like, Oh, like I don't mind Bennington, but he's, he's a fucking idiot for some of the shit that he does. Yeah. You know, but he, for a goalie, purely just a goalie, and only stopping shots, he's really good. Yeah. <laughs> he's solid. Yeah, he's absolutely solid. He stands on his fucking head like yesterday. I don't know how we didn't score in the first period, but he just, he was like a lock between the pipes. Yeah, he locked it down. Yeah, you know, he's crazy. But yeah, I, uh, I watch Bennington and it's, you're getting a little more bang for your buck when you get a blues ticket because there's like a 50-50 shot that Bennington loses his fucking mind on the ice and he'll let in five on 15 shots and then he'll start chirping the bench that's just ripping him a new one and it's like dude take your losses and get the fuck out of here like what are you doing but he just doesn't seem to get it and as a coach would that just like drive you nuts because Berube had to snap at some point and it seemed like he did after the Pittsburgh game would that drive you insane if like your goalie did that yeah how could it not be like how do you even have trust in a guy that just loses his cool so much he lets in a bad goal and you're gonna be like oh shit here it goes again he's gonna let in another one he's gonna take a penalty like it's got like literally the exact opposite demeanor you want from a goalie yeah no 100 percent. and you got like price out there who just folds and forget everything and he's peace of mind between the between the years but excuse me that uh, Canucks 5-1 loss to St. Louis was their fifth 5-1 loss at home this season, um, let alone combined games. I don't understand Aquilini's mindset going forward about how he wants to try and build a contender with the group we have right now. I think the first course of action, if possible, was to trade Aquilini, but unfortunately we can't do that. What course of action should the Canucks take going forward? Because it's clearly their agenda that they have right now is not working. Like five, five, one losses at home this season is embarrassing. But do you guys have, like, do we completely offload everything or do we just keep one guy to build around like Pedersen or do we just try and trade for assets? Hayden, what do you think? I was just going to say, like, we only have one untouchable. I know yeah. we actually kind of have two untouchables. Obviously, it's going to be Petey and Hughes that it looks like we kind of build around, which I agree with. And at this point, it doesn't like nothing's going to happen. I think we should blow it up. I thought we should blow it up last year. Yeah. I thought we should have done everything that we could have to get, um, I don't know, the wheels off of the wagon and totally restart and build a whole new system because this shit isn't working. 
Yeah. Not working at all. We our backup goalie. It's crazy how he has as many wins as he does, and his goals against average is above three and a half. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's not good. Demko is not like I know he's not healthy, but he's not been good. We we have like four bright spots on this team full of duds. Yeah. And it's the problem I've seen with this team is that like the franchise in general, they just keep getting unlucky, like glimmers of hope. They were so bad after their, you know, cup run those few years. And then they get three years in a row where they have elite rookies. Besser looks like he's going to be a 50 goal scorer multiple times. Pedersen looks like he's going to be 110, 120 point guy every year. And then Quinn Hughes looks like he's the best offensive defenseman since Carlson. And that looks like a promising future. And then you get playoff bubble Demko. And then you get last year after the team's terrible and Boudreaux comes in. Holy shit, maybe it was just the coach. We got a new system. We're good now. So you keep getting tricked into thinking this team's good and you forget about all the bad. And you got unlucky with Demko. And like just so many bad things, terrible free agent signings, terrible cap management. And like I honestly think this is the worst the Canucks have been, worst place they have been in like 20 years. Because like before the Nasland era, maybe since the Messier times. Yeah, because they're gonna waste. I'm scared they're gonna waste all these young guys. They're gonna be probably gonna trade Bo. They're probably gonna trade Brock. But PD and Hughes, they're gonna leave, man. They're not gonna stay here for ten years going through this shit. They're just gonna leave. And if you don't trade them now and get the assets, which sounds terrible because they're awesome to watch and they're really good hockey players, that can be a core you can build around. But they're gonna age out of this their window, and you're gonna get nothing for them, and they're gonna walk in free agency, or you're gonna sell them as a rental instead. Like I, you gotta sell them all right now because they're not close to winning. They're yeah. just not. No, hundred percent. They definitely fumbled the bag with all these prospects, and I agree with the false sense of hope as well because it's so on par with this. And Aquilini's all about playoff revenue, but he doesn't realize that you have to completely tear it down in order to get consistent playoff revenue. Like Buffalo, on the pace they're at, they're going to be consistent playoff teams for many years to come, and they were trash. But that's how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to tear it down and then get draft capital, try to sign bargains maybe, but all your just sign low-level contracts so that you're somewhat competitive, and then just try and build a team around young prospects and that's what st louis did with tage and rasmus dalene and casey middlestad dylan cousins stuff like that like that's what you have to do but aquilini is all about spending to the cap and putting band-aids over 10 inch gashes and it's like it's not going to work and he just doesn't really understand that he wants one playoff year one four game series that we're going to get swept instead of seven years of shit where that's unfortunately what you have to go through in order if you want to win in this league. Like Colorado Avalanche had the worst season in NHL history. They had like 42 points and now they're a cup champ like six years later. Like that's what that you was have after to... that was after they already got uh, their two, you know, Landis yeah. Cog and McKinnon so high. Exactly. It doesn't hit right away. Exactly. Like Aquilina just doesn't understand that. And so it's um it's very frustrating. We're not going to win a title under this management. 2011 was lucky, but you saw that in 2012 we won the President's Trophy as well, and we 
lost in five games. Well, look at 2011. Who's their two best players on the team? Drafted in 1998 or 1999, yeah. whatever exactly. it was. It's exactly. 12 years later. Yeah, exactly. So it's brutal. Like the ma- the player management is awful as well. Like our best line and against Calgary was Hoglander, Dries, and whoever in the next game, Hoglander scratched and Dries is... Yeah, like, I, I, I'm i sorry for interrupting, Jeff, but I was just going to say, does anyone realize, like, there's no continuity on these lines. Yeah, it like, doesn't make sense. No one is playing with who they played with the game before, I feel like. Like, I don't understand why Besser was on line one when he missed a game previously, obviously due to illness. But it's like, give him some time. Like, Kuzmenko, why is Kuzmenko on the third line? It doesn't make sense. They're not it able doesn't. to build any chemistry and stuff like that because he's constantly scratching guys in and out of the lineup and switching yeah. lines around. It doesn't make sense. And then and- who did they put uh, yesterday at the Abbotsford team? They sent, um, sent Hoglander back down. Yeah, they sent Hoglander back yeah. down to the... Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's a tough. It's tough either way because like... The team's losing. You have those lines together. You're gonna be like, these lines aren't working. Like, but like, how long can you keep them together? I get it. The constant switching thing. I've been going through that in San Jose because we've sucked for a long time. Yeah. But it's like, it's really difficult if they're losing games. The lines clearly aren't working. But how long? Like, I don't know. It's a tough spot to be in, especially coaching a bad team. Like, it's just like it's kind of like what comes first, the chicken or the egg. It's like, are we losing because there's not enough chemistry, or is are we losing because the lines are bad? So you're constantly switching around, but it's like you're not letting the players really gel in game action and when we find something that works we even switch around the line that works i understand like one line two of the four lines aren't working switch around the two that aren't working but keep at least one of the ones that have been gelling well the past few games but yeah it's really frustrating man yeah it doesn't really make sense um i think the conversation has died on spencer martin being the starter over demko i think spencer martin is could be like an elite backup in this league, but I don't think he's a starter yet. He might he might work his way up to that point, but I think he is just a backup. I still think it's Demko's team. Goalies are players are allowed to have off seasons. Connor Hallebuck is a Vesna favorite. He's a Vesna winner, and he had an off season the past couple of years. So you're allowed to have off seasons, but management overall just hasn't been well. But we'll move on. We'll go on to some happier notes here. Um, the great eight, Alexander Ovechkin hits 800 goals with a hat trick against Chicago. Um, the day after we up or the day we upload, of course, the day after we talk about OV and his pace to 894, tying Gretzky and stuff like that. Of course, the game after he gets a hattie to break eight to hit 800 <laughs> goals. Um, he's obviously going to pass how, and it's amazing how he's gone through four shortened seasons in his career, two lockouts, two COVID seasons, at least. He's been healthy, and he's still on pace to hit Gretzky's record. Um, what were your boys, um, how were you guys feeling when you saw that Gretzky is the third player in NHL history to clip 800 goals? Yeah, Ovi. Ovi is, uh, he's the best, man. He's the best. How could you not be pumped? Like, I get, there's a lot of Ovi haters out there. and <clears throat> Which I don't I understand. Did. I disagree with them wholeheartedly. I'm a fan of sports. I don't give any shits about politics. I don't want to fucking talk about it. I watch sports. That's it. And he's the best to ever do it. Like every other goal scorer played in the eighties, 
that was the easiest era to score in. Like the goalies were ridiculous. Ovi would have 1600 by now if he played that. <laughs> like he's just the best. He's the best ever. I'm pumped that we've got to watch him. I'm rooting for him yeah. the rest of the way. Being a Caps fan, still fun as hell because they're not going to win shit, but they get to watch this the whole way through. It's great. Like, yeah. Hopefully keeps going. Hopefully breaks Brett's feet by a bunch, gets 950 because he trails a bunch in playoff goals. So if he can play a couple extra seasons on top of that, he might get the total goal record, which no one cares about. Right. It's all about regular season, but still, I want him to get the most ever. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. No, exact, exact same for me. Bring on how. You know, hopefully it's only like another two games minimum for him. And then that's the road to Gretzky. And yeah. every goal closer is going to be like another day up till Christmas. You know, it's just the anticipation of when it comes. And then when he finally breaks it, it's okay. What What is he going to set it at? You know, 100%. And, that's what I'm looking forward to. And how long is that going to be? Or how long is that going to take till that gets broken? And, you know, are we going to be living in the same like era i think we will be i think if anyone's gonna break something like that it it will be uh someone who's playing right now don't know who but (laughs) if it's gonna be that happen it's gonna have to be someone young and who knows if it's like obviously someone young but like because of this season how crazy scoring has gone is this gonna be a trend like we have like 60 guys on pace for a point per game so like if that's going to happen for the next 10 years, a guy coming up fresh, like a guy like Connor Bedard might be able to do that. If this is like a new scoring era where like we haven't seen a rookie score 50 since Ovi, maybe Bedard can do it next year if he's in the right situation because of the scoring that's going on in this league. Like Bo Horvat's having this crazy year. He's still like 60 something in scoring. Like it's like, he's still actually in the exact same spot, like points per game wise as he's always been. Yeah. Yeah. He has like 23 goals and like, nine assists goals are way above but yeah his points totals it's like yeah oh you're going oh he's a you know 90 point guy that's how good he is but a 90 point guy is now like a 70 point guy yeah it's super inflated now like scoring has gone up insane but no i'm super excited about uh ovi i was talking to my mom about this and she's kind of like on the bubble with hockey and stuff like that she loves it but she doesn't quite understand like how age works and everything like that and i just keep saying like mom he's russian He's going to keep going until he breaks it. Like, nothing's going to hurt this dude. <laughs> he keeps running people over, but he's still somehow healthy. It's probably all the Dr. Peppers that he's drinking and just his Russian <laughs> blood that he has on him. But, yeah, I think I think Obi breaks it. I think he clips 900 goals. And I just think, because you think about it, the season's not over, and he's 95 goals away from tying. Or 94 away from tying. 95 away from breaking. In Ovi standards, that's what? Two and a half seasons on average? Maybe it's two less, seasons? It's less than two on average. Like because, around, yeah, I guess total average with his all short season. But he's got 50, he's going to have 50 goals 10 times. No, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Like, with he, like, from now on, like from this point going forward, he, we still have what, half the season left, just under maybe? And yeah, he's going to need like 65 after this season. Yeah. It's just insane. under. We still have we still have so much of the season to go. It's insane. And if he goes on an absolute tear, then he might only need one season to fucking break it. And it's That'd going. Cool. It is going to be the like one of the best moments in NHL history in sports history. Like I'm so excited for when that day comes. It's gonna be great. Um, 
I what would be even more electric if like Nick Backstrom stayed healthy and assisted on the record breaking goal. That would be great. That would be Bo Horvat instead. Yeah. And uh, Washington management came out and said that they're not going to rebuild until Ovi retires. So they're going to try and contend while he's in the league, which is pretty good homage to the grade eight. But um, Mitch Marner, his point streak ends at 23 games. Um, At some point, it looked like that guy wasn't going to fucking stop scoring, but um, they got blanked by the regs. Or the Rangers, I should say. Um, but pretty impressive streak at 23 games. Say hey. Too yeah, bad. It's only a couple of games. Yeah, it's only a few. Only like a quarter, over a quarter of the season mm-hmm. that you held a continuous point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen worse. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's good. it was good. He didn't put up a ton of points. It's a good run, though. It's yeah, I think, every night. I think I saw he had like, like over 30, like... 32 points or something like that in 23 games, but still impressive nonetheless. Um, McDavid, I don't know if you guys saw this, but the controversial offside goal um, against St. Louis, it was. Um, uh, yep. He has he had choice words for the NHL saying they have to clarify what the rules are. Kind of paraphrasing there, but do you think this is... Oh. Oh, Jeff, your mic. Can you hear me? Yep. I accidentally pressed the mute button on it. My bad. Um, <laughs> I just but, like turned. I'm like, what the fuck's yeah. happened? <laughs> but uh, do you believe that this is a fair comment from Connor McDavid? I don't know if you guys saw the goal. If you quickly want to look it up on Twitter, but it's very similar to the Kale McCarr goal in the last playoffs against Edmonton when he was skating the puck in. He had handle of it. Nachushkin was still in the zone, but for the brief second, he didn't have the, wasn't touching the puck. Um, you regain possession after Nachushkin exited the zone, and it's called onside. McDavid, very something very similar, but in my opinion, I believe it was offside. Um, what do you guys think of the call and the comments from McDavid? If you guys happen to see it. Yeah, I didn't see it. I saw the Macar. I know the Macar one you're talking about. But yeah, can't really comment on it. I, obviously, they got clarified. I was confused by the Macar one. And the rules across all four sports suck right now. The refs suck. They're all terrible. Yeah. It's embarrassing how, like, in the NFL, you don't know what to catch is. And now you don't know what goalie interference offside is. It's, it's fucking brutal. They got to set a hard line on what's offside, what isn't. But, Scott, basically, McDavid was carrying the puck in. He went in before the puck and then regained possession in the zone and they called it offside. They it was in overtime, they scored and then they challenged it and then it got reversed. So it was a pretty awkward situation there. Well, but does the puck have to be touching your the blade of your stick for that to be possession? Like if you've been controlling it the whole way and haven't like clearly lost, right? Like when you're stick handling, your puck is not constantly in touch. In contact, your stick's not constantly in contact with the puck. Like, so it's when you slow it down, these plays down to a million frames a fucking second, you don't, it changes the whole play. It changes it with hits. It changes it with so much shit. That's not how, that's not how the game, that's not the speed of the game. It, I understand you have to see things, but it completely changes how a play actually was. Like, people say you can see like intense for like headshots. It's like, you can't tell what the guys what that guy's eyes are doing when you slow it down like that. Like you see, look at him, he's looking at him. 
for like what a millionth of a second like you don't you can't see shit it's so different some of those plays just have to be the live eye so you slow them down it just fucks everything up yeah 100 percent. because yeah it, yeah that's pretty brutal how like yeah i'll send it to you quickly yeah um, i just watched it um yeah it's it, it's almost exactly like the camel car one it's it's pretty fucking bad like you you couldn't tell that he had lost possession considering that no one had the possession as he walked it in yeah he was the last person and then he got his stick hit like that could have been a slash if you wanted to consider it like that's it's so bogus man that's absolutely bogus that a game can be decided on a play like that where it's like no one at the time would have ever have thought you'd call that offside the only thing that I maybe agree with is because McDavid was the one that was offside and then he was the one who touched it. Mm-hmm. Whereas McCarr going in, someone else was offside and then he wasn't touching it going in, but he had possession of the puck. The uh, The rules don't make fucking sense. At this no, point, it's, it's going to get to the rate where you can't even celebrate a goal until the puck is dropped at center ice. Yeah. Like you can't celebrate shit. Scott, no, what did you, what did you think of it? Oh, I, the clip wasn't that long. So the main, the my whole thought is it's the same as if you skate in the zone backwards. backwards. Yeah, you maintain that possession of the puck. I couldn't tell if he continued to maintain it through the play or not by the video there. Like it looked as if he lost the puck. So that one is that one's a little tricky. It, it's it's really muddy waters. So it's that'd be your opinion. Did he have control when he was coming over the line? Yeah, it looked like it, but it wasn't touching a stick. And then he if he lost it, then he, could you? It's hard. Where did he lose control of the puck? Did he have control when he entered the zone? Yeah, or did it's... he lose it after he crossed the zone? It's and those ones are always going to be tricky to call. It's a complete judgment call. There is no there's no clear ruling on it. It's, did he have control of crossing the blue line? Well, the slow motion replay doesn't look like it. But when you're watching them fucking live, it does look like it. So yeah. the game's not played at a friggin' million frames per second. I saw this funny comment after like the McCarr goal, like over that whole um scandal or like debacle and uh then the video after like the next game was mcdavid warming up and doing quick stick handles and it was like this is mcdavid losing control of the puck like a thousand a thousand times because he's just like (laughs) stick handling quick so it's really like like you said muddy water is a perfect description for it because it's like we don't know what the fuck the rules are and it's very confusing to the players coaches everything so See what happens going forward. Um, John Tortorella, head coach of the Flyers, scratches Kevin Hayes, leading scorer for the Flyers. He has 29 points in 32 games. Um, did you boys what are your uh thoughts on scratching your uh the leading scorer of your team? It just sounds stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you, what? How do you that's like scratching your your quarterback, you know, or like scratching your top running back who's having a great season. Yeah, just makes no fucking sense. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, listen, I it, it that that sounds dumb as hell. Of course it does. They're a team that struggles to score goals, but I mean, you know how Torts runs this shit, and he says it's between him and Kevin. You don't know how many times he told Kevin, "Hey, you need to back check on that play." all season long or hey this is how our system works you can't be waiting in that spot and how many times he disobeyed him or has been late to a practice or any of that shit so it's like 
how much is he going against the coach again and again and again? And at what point do you like you're gonna lose your like you're gonna lose your entire room either way, I guess, sitting yeah. your best player or like not holding guys to the same standard. If he's not doing the fucking shit the coach is asking him to do again and again, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, hundred like, percent. Guys just running rogue out there, playing the game however he wants to play it. And I mean, there's certain players that you allow to do that. Like you listen to uh uh Derek Lalonde on the Chicklets podcast he was talking about how they like kind of did that with Kucherov a bit they had to wean him in but there's times where they'd be like well Kucherov can do that shit because he's friggin' Kucherov and he gets shit done but Kevin Hayes isn't Kucherov yeah and I don't follow that team closely enough I'm not in that room it's probably a stupid move by Torts but you don't know how much that guy's disrespecting the coach over and over again yeah. you, you would think he's crossed the line if Torts is going to do that yeah something must have happened behind closed doors because like every scratching has a reason and the reason isn't him being the leading scorer and trying to tank, knowing torts. So something like you're alluding to, Scott, something must have happened between the two of them where Hortz maybe said something or was disobeying him, not listening to him, whatever it may be. It has to be along those lines because you don't scratch your leading score for no reason. doesn't really make sense. Um, Chris Tang, uh, just three games after returning from his... Uh, Second stroke, recorded two points against Florida and lead led the team in ice time with over 25 minutes. Absolutely absurd. This guy is crazy. I don't know what the city of Pittsburgh have injected into the trio of Latang, Malkin, and Crosby, but the fact that they're still performing at such great levels no matter what adversity they go through is absolutely outstanding. And... What a blessing to be a Pittsburgh fan because after all these years of having these guys, they're still competitive to win a cup and it's fucked. It's so dumb. But shout out to Chris Latang. That guy's an absolute monster. Um, Ryan Reeves nearly commits murder with hit on uh, Peronic. Did you guys see this shit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I loved every second of it. People yeah. hate on it a bit. People are going to hate on it. Some There's some head contact in there. Clearly wasn't intentional, but yeah, I loved it. I love that hit. I love it in hockey. People want it out of the game. I understand it. It can be bad optics, but I love to see that shit. Dude, that was one of the biggest hits I've ever seen. And I was like, <laughs> like I was obviously expecting a big hit by the caption, but like nothing could have prepared me for that. And <laughs> he, like he almost put him through the ice. It was unbelievable. I think I thought it was a perfect hit. It was just. Uh, the, pro- the only problem is, is there is head contact. And the only reason there is head contact is because Veronica was so low to the ice. Yeah. So it's like, if you're not going to allow that, you're not going to let players get hit and they can just put themselves in vulnerable positions to avoid being checked or to yeah. draw penalties, which like in IHF, that would have been a penalty for sure. Cause there was head contact. It's just, that's just how it is in the international hockey. But yeah. like, what, you can't just allow guys to be like, doing whatever they want so they don't get hit or they draw yeah. penalties. Like you got to have some awareness on the ice or that's going to happen to you. Yeah. I, th- I think it was fine because Revo, he didn't go out of his way to hit his head. He was per- perfectly stationary, had his elbow tucked everything. I think Reeves met the criteria for a good hit. It was just, he was a way bigger person. Ronick put his head down at a tough time and it was low to the ice. I think it was nothing against Ryan Reeves. It was it was just a massive hit. But Hayden, did you see the hit? Yeah, I didn't like it. 
considering that Heronic is on my fantasy team, and he's still playing, I got him on fantasy too. I thank God he did miss a game, (laughs) a game or two, right? But like, I I was just come on, man, why? And it was, uh, yeah, it was a huge fucking hit. Yeah, (laughs) it was funny. I don't know who went after Reeves after the hit, but. In my mind, I was like, what are you going to do to the Reeves after he nearly just killed your boy? Like, he's just going to dominate you as well. Like, <laughs> he went after Dude. him and then didn't drop the gloves because he probably realized who it was. Yeah, but. seriously. But, like, oh, man. I, I couldn't just... Uh, well, no, you know what? Football is kind of the same with, like, blindside hits. Sort of, like, you just turn your head around and there's a fucking unit right in your yeah. face. Which I get. Uh, but, you know, that must fucking hurt, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, and I understand the thought, like, just, like, the Heronic Fantasy Team League shit. Like, you don't want to see really skilled guys out of the lineup because they're getting injured. But, like, that it's not a dirty play. No. It was it was intended to be a very clean hit. And if skilled guys are going to get hurt like that, they're not skilled enough. Get your fucking head up. Figure it yeah. out. Put on some body mass and get prepared for hits a bit more. So yeah. I think it's just the way the league's built. Or get the awareness to not get hit. Like all the yeah. good small players. Quinn Hughes ever get hit like that? No, because he knows where the fuck everyone is on the ice at all times. Yeah, it gets the puck away quick. And yeah, it's there's a lot of factors going into it, but I thought it was a textbook hit. It was just a much bigger dude, an unstoppable force, just meeting Heronic. And it was like, what are you going to do at that point? Um, couple signings here. Um, LA Kings signed Trevor Moore to a five-year, four point two million dollar AAV, um, extension. Trevor Moore, solid, uh, middle six forward, um, that fits in pretty well with the squad. So I think it was a pretty good signing. He's nothing special, but he definitely doesn't disappoint. Um, any thoughts on the signing here? Yeah, I mean, he's been a good, he's a good depth player for him, but like, those are the type of contracts that get you in trouble. They really are. Like, when you sign those guys and they're not part of your, like, you know, few core players and you use some cap on him, if he hates an injury or something and can't keep replicating this, like, you don't, those are the type of players you don't want to get too attached to, in my opinion. He's not that young. He doesn't put up that many points. Like, he is a good player, but the teams that win a lot are the guys that have cheap contracts in those roles. Yeah. The guys that have a, you know, an ELC in that role or find a, you know, a good steal somewhere. So that like, it could get them into trouble when they need to sign young guys. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, Oilers signed Stuart Skinner, uh, three years, $2.6 million AAV. Um, this goalie situation in Edmonton is crazy. Uh, Jack Campbell just signed the, five by five in the off season. And now he's basically the backup goalie, which is absolutely absurd. Um, I think this is a great contract for Edmonton, uh, both parties. Um, Skinner gets a little bit stability going forward. He's, he was going to be an RFA at the end of this year. Um, he's it's Oilers were his childhood team. So it was a no brainer on his part. And at worst, I think Skinner is going to be a really good backup going forward. Um, and could contend for starting positions. Um, but I think this is a I think this is a bargain um for the Oilers. Uh what are your guys' thoughts on this contract? I agree. I think it's a great contract. I remember when we were talking, Jeb, and you're like, is there drama or controversy 
with Edmonton's goalies. And I'm like, no, Campbell will figure it out. No, there is controversy. <laughs> like Skinner has been playing like really, really good. And, yeah. you know, even last night, Campbell kind of let in uh, two out of the four were just kind of weak. The game winner was a kind of a weak goal. A few muffins. Yeah, but like, yeah, man, it's, yeah, it's tough. Absolute tough look with Campbell, obviously coming over from a very productive Maple Leafs team and now basically getting benched for the backup who might not be the backup after this year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Skinner can be good enough 1A and Campbell can get a little better, it completely saves their goaltending situation because they're only in it for like eight mil between the two of them. So that's really not bad at all. Yeah. Um, Because what, Campbell signed five years, so this will carry through to him to his last year and they could trade him or cut him or do whatever they want then. But they if they can be a 1A, 1B going forward, they're, they're saved there. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, minor trade here. Dennis Mulligan goes to Colorado. Uh, Dryden Hunt goes back to Toronto. Just a few depth moves here. Um, the other night, uh, Monday night, the Arizona Coyotes were favorites for the first time versus Montreal. Um, this season says a lot about Montreal. It's a tough look, not gonna lie. But Montreal was able to pull up the 3 2 overtime win. Mullet Arena, I think, has been a success so far. It's been crazy atmospheres from what I've heard. Um, low. Got their finger bit yeah, off in there. Uh, that's exactly yeah. <laughs> that's what my next point was. Is um, low seating capacity, but just means for a more concentrated, um, intense crowd and intense enough to have a finger bitten off. Um, it completely slipped through my notes last week, but imagine going out to or talking to your mom and be like, "Mom." I got uh I got tickets to the AZ games and I have to cancel dinner. All right, have fun. Hey, uh, how was the game? Oh, I'm at the ER right now. Someone chomped the tip of my pinky off. It's like, all right, okay, what? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. But it just makes me want to go to a Coyotes game more because that just has to be the tip of the iceberg. Like, what more is gonna happen at Mullet Arena? Yeah, I agree with you. That makes it a win for the whole season. Just that, hundred <laughs> percent. Like this team's value is just going up now because people are paying attention to what the fuck is happening. <laughs> but uh, absolutely crazy. Um, Tage Thompson has been on an absolute tear. Um, me and Hayden talked so much about Jason Robertson earlier, and now that just has to be shifted to Tage Thompson because I feel like on the left side heavy podcast, we haven't been giving him his flowers enough. Um, he has 26 goals, 24 points for uh, 24 assists for 50 points in 32 games. He's had nine uh, points in the last four games. And what was it? Like three and a half weeks ago, he had five goals and an apple against Columbus. What are your boys' thoughts on um, Tage Thompson? He's kind of, his first year in a contract year. Um, or first year in his new contract. And people were pretty hesitant on it because he had one good year last year. Signs the new deal, and then people were like, "Can he keep it up?" And it just seems like now he's one of the best bargains in the league. Um, where do I don't boys even is... think that that contract doesn't even kick in until next year. Oh think. yeah, that's right. No, yeah, it's I'm like seven mil. 
I'm mistaken. So, He's making like under two million dollars right now, or some shit like that. Yeah, and he'll be making seven next year with the cap going up. Worth yeah. like what he's playing like now, he's worth twelve easy. Yeah. It's it's insane. I I'm shocked by it. I never thought he was going to be this good. He, you know, I think he was what late first and yeah, he's like twenty sixth overall or something. Didn't do much for the Blues. Comes over to Buffalo. Doesn't you know he put plays in Rochester a bit. I think he got hurt for a year. He had fucking like 18 goals before his breakout season last year. They gave him a huge deal. It's like, okay, the guy scored 38 goals. Okay. Yeah. He had 18 in three seasons prior. Like, I don't think you should be locking him up long term. Now he's like a 130 point guy. So, <laughs> and he's a fucking mutant. Like, there's nobody like him in the league. There's no forwards that big. He shoots the puck harder than anyone else. He's got the best hands. Like, to have that size and skill combo is insane. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, just like alluding to his hands, like the way he dangles, it just looks like he's doing it in slow motion, but he does it. He gets through everyone. He knifes through everybody. Um, I like I'm alluding. I'm this isn't my personal opinion, but I kind of agree with it. Like I'm seeing, um, like Ryan Whitney on the Chicklets podcast said that he sees shades of Lemieux, and not comparing to Lemieux, but like a big forward who dangles and shoots like that. It you can't not mention Lemieux when you describe a forward like that. And Tage Thompson is exactly that. Like, I'm not saying he's gonna have a career like Lemieux, but he's he's built in a lab. It's crazy. Like players, especially hockey players, shouldn't be moving like this. But Hayden, I know like you're you're like just getting more and more into hockey this year. Um, were you ever expecting a name like Tage Thompson on Buffalo Sabres to have a season like this um, and just like to keep it up the way he's doing it? No, because I never expected Jason fucking Robertson to also just come out of fucking nowhere, man. Like, it's so cool seeing people you don't think of yeah, to just shoot up the board on the points board, you know, like a lot of these names, I'm looking at the point board right now, right? But like a lot of these names, I know, you know, yeah. I I get why they're there. But then, yeah, seeing Tage Thompson, seeing Jason Robertson, it's just kind of like, uh, that's not who I would definitely think would be up there. Yeah. You know, and then you go down the list a little bit more and you see a little bit more people who you just wouldn't think would be on there. So it's just, uh, no, it's really cool to see. Yeah. It's, um, he's playing out of his mind and I just don't think this is a lucky year anymore. Like, I just think this is who he is. That gives you a lot of hope for a Bo Horvat trade right there. They got him as the main piece for Ryan O'Reilly. It's like, Oh, a first round pick from a couple of years ago that hasn't done anything and look at him now. So, that's another thing. If you're going to rebuild, you're going to have to win a couple of trades big like that. And I guess yeah. it's a win-win. The Blues won a cup, so and everyone, O'Reilly got a, happy. O'Reilly got the Selkie and Con Smythe that year too. Yeah, so it's so, not like they mm-hmm. got garbage in that. Is kind of like a Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson type thing. But Buffalo doesn't right. have a title yet. But it's a and win. That's another thing I was just thinking to talk about the Bills. Tage Thompson, he's like a Josh Allen of hockey, yeah. where he's just bigger, stronger, faster than everybody. Yeah. And just shoots and it, shoots it a mile, and Allen throws it a mile. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, a few minor notes here: Thomas Hurdle suspended two games for high sticking Elias Lindholm on the Flames. Um, Bruins 
Um, they extend their home point streak to 19 games with their win against Florida. Their only loss coming with a shootout loss against Vegas. Um, this team is cracked out at home right now, and it's absolutely insane. And um, uh, last note here, Kale McCarr. Uh, negates uh, hooking penalty against Matt Barzell. Did you guys see this last night? Yeah. Did the ref have his arm up? I did yeah. see it. Or was yeah. he just telling the, his arm did go up? The ref yeah. called okay, the penalty on Barzell. The video. Yeah, the yeah. ref called up. I saw like a wide angle and I saw the ref with his hand up skating over and like he called a trip or something like that. And Kale McCarr told him that there's no penalty. He just slipped. And uh, yeah, was, that just highlights the incompetence of fucking NHL referees. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it wasn't even close too. Like Barzell had a stick in the air and McCarr fell, and they called the tripping penalty. And it's like, what are you calling? Like that's just idiocy. And I think McCarr. It's and, just that that goes back to like two years ago when it was like any stick near the hands is instantly a penalty. His, his stick was up near his friggin' hands, and that they see it and they call it. And we see it all the time with shitty hook and shitty slash calls that didn't even impede the player. It's like when they see that stick in that location, they just think penalty instantly. They call slashes against like the shin pads now. It's ridiculous. But <laughs> yep. um, I think Kale McCarr in the um, post game media said that like, I don't know if he would do that again. He apologized to his teammates, but he was like, I would have just felt guilty taking that penalty, even though he didn't do anything. So nice guy, Kale. You know, good guy alert. Um, yeah. Team guy. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for the NHL. Should be a very fun, exciting week as always. Um, Gonna be a little bit of a break. I think um in fantasy this might be the old two week matchup because of the holidays and stuff. So we'll uh see what happens. And uh Hayden, we'll, um throw it over to you for uh NFL week fifteen. I always 15. forget. Yeah, I I'm losing track of it now. Uh what a week, boys. What a week. Uh it's gonna be a this gonna be a tough week. I realize who I'm just who I'm just having on right now. Oh yeah. boy. <laughs> uh yeah. well we will uh <laughs> we'll kick it off uh on Thursday night uh with probably the easiest bet anyone could ever make. 49ers minus three and a half. If you don't take that, you are fucking stupid. <laughs> like the Seahawks. I don't know. It was a nice story. It was a nice story, Gino. But move over. The 49ers are the uh, official kings of the NFC West because every other team just sucks in that division. Yep. Uh, did you guys catch this game at all? Caught glimpses of it. I think I worked that night, but I can't remember. Thursday's a long time ago. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I was I was watching, but... Uh... I mean, Brock Purdy, what can you say? He's doing it. He's doing what Jimmy G is supposed to do, just taking care of the ball and letting the weapons do their thing, let the D do their thing. They're the best team in the NFC as far as I'm concerned. Ooh, hot take over the Eagles? Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah, no, like, I, I've when Brock Purdy came in, uh, honestly, I wasn't too worried. I know a lot of 49ers fans are because it's new quarterback, it's a rookie, but nothing about Brock Purdy is special. You know what I mean? He just makes the right plays. And that's kind of what he did back in college is what I heard. And I'm like, well, this is perfect. You don't need someone to try and be super extra like a Trey Lance. All they need 
is just to fucking get it to McCaffrey, get it to Debo. Obviously, Debo was injured. Get it to Kittle, who had a monstrous game. That's and Kittle. Then, and then maybe, like, you know, try and make a play once or twice, but you don't need to be the superstar. And this is exactly what we said at the start of the year. We're like, oh, I don't know what exactly. the Niners are Trey Lance. If Jimmy comes in and just takes care of the ball and he's boring, they'll be sick, especially because exactly. their D is so good. As long as he doesn't turn the ball over, they're winning every game. Yep. Yeah. And that's exactly what has happened. And I know it's like, oh, wow, you, you just beat the Seahawks. But think about it, though. The last three weeks that Brock Purdy has played, not only did he finish out the game, um, against the Dolphins, which people thought around that time Dolphins were a wagon. So that's a huge win. But then he goes up against Tom Brady and crushes Tampa 35-7. to And then he goes into Seattle, one of the most hostile environments in all of football, and wins on a yeah. bright, on like one of the brightest light stages. Yeah. You know, this was like one of the better Thursday night matchup games. And he showed out. <laughs> yeah, he's doing really well, and he's taking advantage of an opportunity that a lot of people like don't get. Like he's Mister Irrelevant. He's now known as Mister Relevant because of how stellar he's playing. Um, and yeah, for the Forty ers system, you don't need to be a first round pick to thrive. And let was... me ask you guys a simple question here. Sorry, Jeff. I thought you were done. Do you want to go on? I was just saying, like, I was on the train of, like, I want to see what Lance can do mm-hmm. um, because he, like, it's, I don't know how to say this without sounding wrong, but, like, you don't have to, um, it's not hard what, like, Jimmy G and, like, Purdy is doing because of the weapons they have. Like, you don't have to be anything special, like what you kind of alluded to, but I was mm-hmm. just excited to see how they would implement Lance's athleticism and since he hasn't had a ton of opportunity I just felt like they had to play him to see what they had Mm -hmm. so that's why I was on the train of starting him over Garoppolo because you can't really judge a book until you've read it that's true right he's just he's just such a bad fit there like that all sounds good but you're wasting opportunities to put it in those other playmakers hands McCaffrey and Debo and Kittle and Ayuk like look at the guys who do that Lamar and Justin Fields Look at their weapons. Like they have to do that because mm-hmm. it's the best option for them. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, Fields running is better. Of course, Lamar's running is better. They don't have anyone on their team to throw to. Mark yeah. Andrews. That's it. Like, yeah. it's, I feel like it's a wasted touch. I would rather, you know, a 220 pound friggin' running back run with the ball than my quarterback who might get injured. Like, yeah. I just wanted to see what he could do. But um, now I've obviously been proven wrong. And, uh, it just seems like you can kind of plug any game manager in there and uh, they're better off with that. But back to you. Hypothetical Hayden. question. Let's say, for the sake of the show, Brock Purdy goes to the Super Bowl and wins, or at least makes it a close game in the Super Bowl, depending on whoever they play. What the fuck do you do? <laughs> you try and they... trade Lance for as much as you can get and build around Brock and like let's say Brock like shows out that he can play in this league 
he I finishes off the game. Both. I think you have to keep them both, and it's a camp battle. Like, we don't know if Purdy is good or bad right now. We have no idea. He's playing yeah. good. Like, he was drafted so late. Did he get incredibly better in these, like, 14 weeks, preseason included, all that, up until he played? Like, did he improve a shit ton? And if this was, like, a redraft, he would go, like, first round? We don't know if he's good, mm-hmm. right? And I Well, still that's eat. what I'm saying, just hypothetically, right? Like, like, let's just say, like, he does make it to the playoffs. He does do everything he, ne- he needs to do. And from what the small glimpses that you've seen of Lance, you know, his sort of miscues, his need to feel the run the ball or or whatever but like purdy just make from what we've seen purdy's been making the right decision every every time he's touched the ball almost yeah so that that's all i'm saying like like jeff what would what would you do like if between garoppolo and purdy or purdy and garoppolo purdy and lance i think they obviously just extended garoppolo i think this is garoppolo's team going forward um because like Garoppolo did the same thing that Purdy might do. Like Garoppolo also went to a Super Bowl with this team, so you still got to respect that. Um, I think Purdy still has a lot to learn. I don't think there's any lesson better than get thrown into the fire and feel it out as you go, like what Purdy's doing. Um, but I think I would put him ahead of Lance in the depth chart at the moment. Like, I still think this is Garoppolo's team. Um, Garoppolo's out for the season, right? With Liz Frank or yeah. something like that. Something along those lines, like a foot injury. Yeah, but um, he could but be he, back. Yeah, he might come NFC back. Yeah, because yeah. he didn't need surgery. But, yeah, I mean, I would put Purdy ahead of Lance in the depth chart. It, going into training camp and then whatever happens, happens. That's what I would do. It's just, I still think Garoppolo's a starter. scenario. Okay, yeah. fair enough. But after Thursday comes Saturday. Um, we'll skip over the Ravens-Browns because, holy shit, that was just, that was terrible. I hated that game. Every bit of that game. Uh, but I think what we should talk about is it wasn't the Falcons, guys. It wasn't the Falcons who uh, blew a 28-3 to lead. It was Matt Ryan. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got to look at the trends. Follow the biggest, biggest leads and then see who is the uh, on the same side of the losing side. And that's Matt Ryan. Colts go up 33 nothing and a half and lose 39 to 36. Someone take it away because I don't know where to start with this one. <laughs> they're just, they're, I don't know what to say either. It's not a good football team. I feel bad for. Matt Ryan, I feel bad for Jeff Saturday. They both fucking stink. Like, even, I was watching this game, talking to a buddy, he's a Colts fan, and like during the game, and he was like, they still might lose this game, man. I'm like, yeah, there's probably like a 25% chance they lose this game. And then it just kept going and spiraling downhill. <laughs> I don't even know how it happened. It all just happened so quick. And next thing you know, they lost the game. Like, I just remember I was I was doing something on Saturday. I was out helping my friends and my buddy was like in the back seat after the first quarter. He's like, yo, it's 20 to nothing. And I'm like, oh shit, Minnesota's killing them. No, for Indy. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then I saw it was 33 nothing at halftime. And then I checked the score 30, 40 minutes later, and it's 30 uh 
36, like 21 or something like that. And I'm like, whoa, what? And then Jeff, you called me and then we started watching the game. Well, I was I was texting you what was happening. I was like, yeah, I was like Indy or like Kirk or whatever. Like I was saying something. You're like, call me like I'm driving right now. What the fuck is happening? And then I called you and shit was just going down. I can't remember like exactly what was happening in the moment, but also Vikings got fucked many times yeah. oh, over. The fum- oh, no, no. The fumble was, it was first of all, the kick return. They had like a 59 yard punt return or kick return or whatever. And he got called back on a face mask on the receiving team when nothing happened. That wasn't no one there. No one touched anyone's face on the receiving team. So that was a ton of yards brought back, plus some loss due to the penalty. And then a fumble, clear fumble, and it was called dead for whatever reason when the guy wasn't even close to going down. Yeah. Forward, forward progression wasn't stopped either. There wasn't even a whistle. It was just it was just called dead, no touchdown. Yeah. And it was and then they called a penalty. On on sportsmanlike conduct or whatever for being mad at the officials, so then they brought him back to the fifty yard line. Like Minnesota got fucked, and they still came no away one. with a win because of that Dalvin Cook unbelievable screenplay. But yep. it was one of the wildest games of the year, and Minnesota has been a part of the top two games of the year, which is yep. crazy. Oh, definitely. And then Saturday night, uh, the Dolphins. Look like they're on the verge of, you know, defeating their demons. Maybe trying to actually make a late push in the AFC East. And then Josh Allen. Josh Allen just proves, like, that was an MVP game from Josh Allen. And this, this I think, puts him right back at the top for voting. Because that last drive was all him. And he had the big run. He had the big two-point conversion to tie it up. And then into overtime, obviously, all you need is a field goal and you win the game. Yeah, I didn't catch much of this game because I was doing the Express, so I didn't really watch any of the highlights. So you guys are, I'm kind of uh, outside of here. You're right. I mean, Josh Allen was just doing things nobody else can do really like mm-hmm. there if he takes care of the ball they'll win almost every time it's the same thing except he does incredible things on like pretty like he he just does things people can't stop he completely break down his protection he rolls right throws left like yep he runs all over you like you try to spy him and then as soon as you're going to get him on the run he does a flip at the line of scrimmage like he's he's literally just unstoppable you shut down everything and he finds like an eighth option it's stupid yeah i still there's not my favorite for the super bowl because he does have some turnover you know high turnover games um i'm also just a hater even though i love him i'm just a hater in general (laughs) of the organization how can you not love the guy though from his personality to his play style to everything he does he's he is the man it's very clear but i don't want the bills to win so they won't be my favorite and they never will be my favorite until they get like three bowls and that's fair uh but yeah <laughs> like, I, I think patrick mahomes is the best quarterback in the league but josh allen does things he can't do so yeah, yeah. Uh, i think his best play of this game uh was josh allen rolled out to the right and it looked like he almost should have just stepped out of bounds and taken like a sack. 
but he finds James Cook in the back of the end zone, cross body, like perfectly on a dime, only where James Cook could get it. And it was like touchdown. And it's mind blowing. Every uh, quarterback who makes that throw, it's a pick every fucking time. Every one, yeah, because they never know exactly where to put it. And he still had like enough mustard on that ball to make it look like it just was like a normal planting throw. And it was like to his guy. It's just absolutely insane. Absolutely insane and remarkable. But that was Saturday. Uh, going on to Sunday, uh, quickly, the Eagles take care of business down in uh, Chicago. Barely. Yeah, uh, big news scary, from the game. Sure. Yeah, and also big news from the game, too. Jalen Hurts might not play the rest of the regular season. Although Nick Sirianni, coach, is uh, optimistic that he will play again this regular season. If you were smart, you you don't put him in over the Dallas game, but you definitely try and win out, you know, the last two games versus New Orleans and uh I don't actually know who they play week eighteen, but you definitely try and win out and hope that Dallas can lose so you win the division and get the first round by. Because it looks like Jalen Hurts might need that with his shoulder. Yeah, I heard a lot of people speculating that Jalen Hurts might play because of how much shit Michael Parsons has been talking about him. And Jalen Hurts might want to gum out and like prove that against him, especially how much rivals the Cowboys and Eagles are. So yeah. Hurts might try to go out there and prove something. But it also, doing that might backfire. Exactly. Like, you, there's not a ton to gain from it, but there's a ton to lose when um, playing Hurt like this. Like, especially against a physical, um, well-put-together Dallas defense. So it's a risky move if he plays. Um, I say put your ego aside and yeah, um, sit until um, you need to come back in, whether that's playing for home field or whatever. Like if there's situations where they need to win out, then come back in. But if you don't need to this week, um, try and ride with Minshew, Man- uh, Minshew Mania and um, yeah. see what you can do there. Because Eagles do have a talented team, and I think this might be like a Brock Purdy situation where if Minshew just doesn't turn the ball over, then Dallas might be um, might be okay. So that's, you mean that's the my... Eagles might be okay? What did I say? Dallas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got a comfortable couple game lead on the conference too for home field all the way through, so... I mean, you definitely sit him for one, maybe two, and then play him week 18 if you can, just to mm-hmm. get him some reps. Yeah. Yeah, I just know how big this game is, and that's what could be the worst part about it. But, fuck, you can never be too sure at this time. They just need to win one. I don't know what the tiebreak would be, because they're already three games up on Dallas, so they're not going to lose that division unless they lose out. And even then, I don't know. What that's the that's be. the case. If they lose out, then the tiebreaker doesn't matter because they play uh, next week. And if so Dallas, it's the most recent game, because yeah, they already beat Dallas. Yeah, because if Dallas wins, well, then they go. I think to is it division record? Division, yeah, division record. Which and so I don't know which, who Philly lost to. Who Philly lost to someone not in Washington? Day, oh, was it Washington? It was. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. And yeah, Dallas, that yeah. that could be the one that could be the one chink in their diamond armor, but you never know. Yeah. Uh 
but yeah, so that happened, I guess. <laughs> Lions, Jets, crazy to say that this game, uh, a lot of people watched, but a lot of playoff implications. Uh, unfortunately, Mike White looks like he will be sitting out this next week as well, because I think that just kind of ends the Jets season and ends Zach Wilson era in New York. Although I don't think he played terrible. Yeah, he didn't play terrible. He still didn't play good, though. He still had a terrible interception. But the Jets defense still looks elite. Yeah, I mean, I, they're still in trouble. The Mike White hasn't done nearly enough for you to be confident and be like, oh, we're going to win. We're going to be a playoff team for sure with Mike White. Not even close. People think he's good because of how bad Zach Wilson is. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's it, – in no way are they good with going forward with Mike White. I like no. I mean, they're good. They're already kind of good, but they're not going to be, you know, San Fran, Buffalo, Eagles, KC. They're not one of those teams with Mike White. No, like, not at all. So I can't say Zach Wilson should be done there yet because he still could be developing and not like he's not the guy's problem is that he's an idiot. Like he's got all the talent in the world. He just makes the stupidest plays, misses throws. Like he's just got to dial it in. He could still be good. Yeah. He definitely I wouldn't could want be. him on my team, but yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't just throw him away and be like Mike White's the answer now. No, he needs he needs the right coaching. And I think he needs like an offensive minded coach to more or less kind of take the reins on him. I think Robert Sala being there just kind of is a little bit more strict, like make the right throw, don't try and be so extra, where then you look at like Justin Herbert, right, where he is so extra because he has to be the terrible offensive play calling, but he has the the talent to do it, so he has someone there to kind of look after him, whereas I don't think Zach Wilson kind of does. And then the New York media is obviously huge. Yeah. And will just shit on anyone who does bad and praise anyone who does good. Yeah. 100%. Um, Steelers take care of the Panthers. Somehow the Steelers have beat every team in the NFC South. That is crazy. Um, because the Seahawks beat none of the teams. And I feel like the Seahawks would beat the Steelers. So that's a fun, fun little thing. Uh, the Chiefs take care of business in Houston in overtime. Yeah. <laughs> Harrison Butker had a terrible game. Harrison Butker had a terrible game. Yeah. A couple uh, fumbles but, too. But Jarek McKinnon had a great yeah. game. Yeah. He's back. Yeah. He's back. Um, maybe. Game of the week as well, like <laughs> Jaguars upset Dallas. That yeah. was a huge pick six. That was massive. Not Dak's fault. Definitely no. not Dak's fault. That's Dak where I good. That's where I think like my dad is like correct. Like I don't know how this would change, and they won't do this, but like figuring out a way to differentiate quarterback interceptions and wide receiver interceptions because a ton of interceptions that are thrown aren't nearly the quarterback's fault, but they still get pinned for it. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, but anyone who watches football, just, you, you know, you don't, you put it with a bit of a grain of salt, almost like plus minus. Yeah. 
I'm going to be like, oh, fucking Josh Allen sucks. Let me pick CS just because it's fun for me. <laughs> yeah. But like we all know a lot of them are, you know, receivers like, fault for running the wrong route or dropping the ball or whatever. Yeah. Like, or even just bad protection sometimes yeah. when he throws it away, gets hit. Like, like how many interceptions were thrown this year where like it went through the hands off the helmet, banked up, and then a defender caught it where it's like so quarterback did his away. job. Quarterback did his job, but the receiver didn't. So it's like situations like that, but no, Jacksonville came up clutch, and I think they just have a habit of playing spoiler to teams that they might get in the playoffs. To win, yeah, they They definitely could, especially with Tennessee. Uh, Game back. Do they have a game left against each other? Yes, they do. They play week eighteen. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, that could be an elite Sunday night game. Kind of like thought. What was uh was it Jacksonville Colts last year where it was like, um, yeah, the no, Colts it lost was... and the Colts lost at the end and make the playoffs, didn't they? Yeah, they they had to win and they were in, but they they lost. The game I'm thinking about is uh, L.A. Um, L.A. Raiders, that one, that one where like the winner of that game got the last spot in the playoffs. That's what I was thinking of. Right. So maybe it's something mm-hmm. similar like a uh, Tennessee and Jacksonville where it's. Uh, this game wins the division. That would be crazy. Yeah, that would be that. absolutely insane. Give me all, not just a wild card spot, but for the division, basically yeah, a wild card like spot. home playoff game. Yeah, yeah, basically a wild card spot because they suck, but but you get it at home. Exactly. A I kind of I think they should change that. I think game. if the I think if the fucking worst div winner has a lower record than the best wild card, the wild card <laughs> team should get home field. Well, whoever plays for the the fifth seed. Uh, either Dallas or Philly, they'll be heading to Tampa. Yeah, <laughs> most so, yeah, likely yeah, Tampa. That sucks, man. Yeah, how about you need at least ten wins, ten wins with the seventeen game season as a div winner to get home field. Yeah, yeah that that would make more sense. But come on, yes. then you wouldn't get huge upsets <laughs> at home, which makes again no sense. But here we are, um, Broncos beat the Cardinals. Uh they scored over 24 points without Russ. Brett Rippin. Brett Rippin. Yeah. Um speaking of the Titans, they lose a close one to the Chargers. That game stunk too. That that was a big stinker, yeah. Um and then when everyone just thought that the Buccaneers were going to make uh oh, yeah. can I say something first about the Chargers? Yeah. Am I crazy to say that Staley will be gassed at the end of this year? Oh, no, not at all. It's it's the Dude. who do you think will Sean Payton go to? The Chargers or the Cardinals? Dude, <laughs> it's insane. I told you guys this guy sucked at the start Dude, of the year. It's insane how talented Herbert is, and then this offensive play calling is just limiting him. I know like Staley the top the top the defense. Though, I know like the top Chargers weapons. Are like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. They're not the fastest receivers, but you still got Burners and Palmer and Carter. But like, why is Herbert throwing like constant out routes, like seven yard out routes when he has the arm that he has? Mm-hmm. It's insane how limited he is. Where it's like the one time he finally puts a drive together is when he's throwing it 30 yards to Mike Williams. Yep. Rolling out. Like, you know, it's just like it's insane to me how much Herbert is being limited. And I know Staley probably handles the defense, but he still has a word on like overlooking the team. That is very true. And I just think 
Herbert still hasn't been able to find someone that gels well with the way he operates. And I think a lot of his success comes from having to improvise and make a play himself rather than the actual play calling out of the huddle. But that's just my personal opinion. And I'm definitely not salty that Herbert only needed 15 fantasy points for me to win my week, and he only got me five. Yeah, that's but, that's shitty. Which is why I'm also very salty. But you know, I definitely would have thought. I definitely would have thought the Chargers uh, getting in Joe Lombardi for offensive coordinator would have been a huge boost for him, considering he came over from the Sean Payton coaching tree. But I'm realizing it now: the Sean Payton coaching tree fucking sucks. All right, like if you're not Sean Payton, yeah, like if you're not Sean Payton, every disciple of you just sucks. Yeah, like we could talk about Justin Herbert's like terrible play calls for how for what he is, but it's like the realization on some of these teams are just absolutely awful. Like you have something special with a the guy who commands your offense. And this is the type of shit that you do. It's just terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. 100%. Get with it. Um, the yeah, but like I said, just when everyone thought Tampa Tom was uh back, was back, they were gonna they were like a three and a half point underdog to the Bengals. You know, it was twenty to seven at halftime, and I, I wasn't worried for a second that the Bengals weren't gonna lose this game. Like Joey B. Joey B is just so cool like he's so calm i i just i can't get over it every week of how calm he is in the pocket he'll stand straight up look left he'll look right and then he'll throw the ball wherever he needs to yeah he won't rush his options he'll go through every every progression and still take a fucking huge hit yeah Yeah, they're scary right now. You know, a lot of adversity early in the year is like the perfect storm for like a championship team. They've been through it. They beat the Chiefs. They're winning games, comeback games, weapons all over the place. Yep. Scary team. What are they, 10 and 4 now? 10 and 4. I think they're the quietest 10 and 4 team like I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. I did not think like of the Bengals at all in terms of Super Bowl contention. Until like six in a row until like a few weeks ago. And I'm like, if you asked me a few weeks ago blindly, like what's the record? I would have been like, I don't know, 500 or whatever. But it's like, no, this team's 10 and four now. It's like, I'm, I was, I was blown away. I was like, Joe, like Burroughs shooting up the MVP race now. He's like in the top, maybe fringe top three. Um, Mm -hmm wherever you want to rank Allen Hurts, Mahomes, Burrow, but I think those are the four in the those running the right now. And yeah. it seems like they interchange every single week. But it's it's going to be very interesting to see that race. And Bengals are turning it on at the perfect time. Yeah. They got Bills week 17. And if they win that game, <laughs> it's like they beat the Chiefs and Bills. Are they the favorite in the AFC? I think they might be. Dude, that's going to be... An electric Monday night game. Yeah. Holy it's gonna be good. Shit. Especially with like like the AFC might be up in um uh for contention or whatever yeah. if the yeah. Bengals still play like this and maybe all three Chiefs. of those teams and the Chiefs could all win it. Yeah. yeah. So it's gonna be fun. Uh, that's lit. Um Giants 
and commies. Uh, I thought it was going to go 2020 again, guys. <laughs> but no, for some reason, the refs just completely played spoiler to the commanders actually having a chance. I like I didn't watch this game, but I hopped on Twitter the next day and I saw like four separate plays of how the refs fucked the commanders. Uh, the most brutal one, obviously, being the like terrible no call for pass interference, when, and then yeah. there was the Terry McLaurin lining up the uh the ref on the right side of him, saying, "Am I good?" And then even in the interview, McLaurin said, "Yeah, the ref said I was good." Twice. No, the ref even told him to move up a little bit. You got a little extra space. He moved up, and then he thumbs up him. Yeah, and, and then, then and he then has he... his hand on his flag, ready to ready throw to it. Like, that's fucked up. This yeah. game, like, I'm already mad enough at the refs in this league, and that's just that's just insane. Yeah. yeah, so I feel like the the commanders were definitely screwed out of a win, and just for that, I hope the Giants lose uh, their next couple games and the commanders somehow win, even though I don't think the commanders are beating the 49ers next week, but you never know. <laughs> well, listen, it's not the Giants' fault either, though. That they, they're, they, I hate the Giants. I want them to lose too, but it's not their fault that the refs are fucking up. Like, no, you're right. It it's definitely not their fault, but it's just them being lucked into a win. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Like, I'd rather see the Commanders go to the playoffs because, truthfully, I think the Commanders are the better team. I think the Giants just got lucky with an easy schedule, and. They've completely fallen off a cliff in the last couple of weeks. They snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, <laughs> but I'm glad you finished that one off. I was hoping someone would jump in with that. I mean, you, come on, I have to finish it off. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then last night's game, the Packers and the Rams. Um, oh my God, Aaron Jones. You like that one? You have a bad fantasy week. Aaron Jones, yeah. Cuck, Jeff. Uh, I needed a play. I needed a uh two yard uh rushing touchdown from Jones, and he got tackled at the one, and then they took a knee. He got you a TD though. Yeah, I know. Twenty points. How many points do you need? I needed I, need I needed seven more. <laughs> so if he ran that in on the one, mind you, this I feel like Jones you could have also fault. asked for Herbert to get fifteen mm. points. And this is my point exactly. Yeah. It's not Jones's fault that I lost. It's Herbert. And like a bunch of other factors, but the fact that like, I wish Jones had a bad game, so I had no hope of winning. But when yeah. I lost hope and then regained it at the end, and then it got taken away from taken me, away. that's what kind of like when kind of like when you come back from a 17-3 halftime deficit and get a late fourth quarter lead and then lose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Holy shit! I'm sorry, guys. I just got a warm on my computer. Uh, Arctic outflow warning. Is what's being called in the lower mainland area. It's gonna be cold as hell tomorrow. Holy fuck! What does that even I think, mean? I think temperatures I don't know. It's supposed to be like negative fifteen or something. I think uh, temperatures Christ. are actually supposed to feel like negative twenty with wind chill. <laughs> that is scary. But moving on, um, Saints Falcons, um, the boys got it done. Uh, Again, Jeff, how many times have we been preaching this? Kamara gets over 13 touches. What happens? They win the game. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Um, it's weird giving your you, best player the ball. It's, uh, weird. Imagine. it's a weird concept. Yeah. Uh, he gets, like, 
he gets the touches he needs. I told you this, Stab. I don't know if Scott knows it. Scott, the Saints' bread and butter was the screen pass to halfbacks, more or less Alvin Kamara. How many times this year have the Saints thrown a screen pass to their running backs up until this past week? Because I don't know if they did. Yeah, I have no idea, but I know I got Kamara in fantasy, and he's not getting nearly the receptions I've been wanting. They've only thrown it to the running back on a screen five times this whole year. Pats do it twice that much a game. <laughs> yeah, like that was the Saints' bread and that butter. I know you had Drew Brees just to dump it off, but like it works. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, what else can Andy Dalton do? He can only dump it off too. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just a absolutely, absolutely brutal. Don't I hate it. David Johnson yeah. actually ran more routes than Alvin Kamara did. How fucked up is that? <laughs> Don't fix what's not broken. It doesn't matter the capabilities of your quarterback. Still run the screen passes that were working. It doesn't uh, make sense. And the fact is, now you're bringing in a quarterback that can do more than Breeze, so it should be even more feasible to run screen passes because that's all Breeze could run, so the defenses should expect it, and it was still working. Whereas yeah. now you have a quarterback that can throw it deep, mid, quick hitter, and a screen. So screen passes should be more susceptible to, like, Defense yeah, imagine open that. up to it more. It's fucking outrageous. Someone give me the offensive coordinator job because I will give Kamara what Kamara needs. Okay, eighty touches. <laughs> yeah, literally a game. Yeah, I no run one, him into the ground. No one but Kamara. Yeah, but uh, the run defense for New Orleans uh, has taken a huge step back this year. I know I had high hopes for them. Uh, obviously, none of that has come to fruition. Greatest defense of one all of my, time. One of my. Uh, great takes this year. I've had a couple good ones and a couple just terrible ones. We'll sweep under the rug. But uh, Rashid Shahid, uh, he's, he's, he's not bad. He's going to be something. Like I know there's some players that you kind of give you know a lot of UDFA money to, but this guy's burning people on a consistent basis every week. Yeah, and I love just saying Rashid Shahid. Oh, first team all name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. There's something like like uh the Patriots will always find good corners. The Steelers will always find good receivers. The Saints always find good undrafted burners, uh, free agents, special teams players. Yeah. Like Rashid Shahid is was electric. Deontay Hardy was electric. And Callaway. Yeah, Callaway was good. I can't remember who they had before the last couple of years, but anyways, anyways, um, yeah. So that was that was fun. We swept the Falcons, tied fifty four fifty four all time record against them. So we go into a new year tied. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, and now, uh, for the the most boneheaded play I've ever seen in existence it's tied 24 24 with no time on the clock you'd figure you'd go down to play into overtime jacoby myers wanted to be superman that was a post route to chandler jones <laughs> that was a dot to chandler jones though let's be honest <laughs> first thing we gotta get through here he is out of bounds out, terrible out of fucking bounds call. yeah how the fuck I was agree. there not conclusive evidence i could see it on my tv how yeah. the fuck is that possible? 
Like, half, yeah, okay, half, whatever. A quarter of his Worst foot was out. Time. Yeah, that fucking is such bullshit combined with the fucking Washington shit, Minnesota game shit. This fucking league is so broken. We already lost a fucking game to Minnesota from a shit call where there's fucking hands under the ball. This like the team sucks. That's fine by me. I just want to watch a playoff game. We're fucking nine and five if it isn't for the officials in the league. And yeah, the Pats have won games and teams win games. But when you're this bubble team-ish, you can't be fucking getting games taken away from you by the officials. And in the end, it's better for the franchise. We're going to have a better pick. They weren't going on a run, but I'm still pissed off about it. I like watching playoff games. Yeah. But yeah, fucking Jacoby Myers play. Matt, Patricia, the whole thing's fucked. But Stevenson should have never handed the ball off. It's a shame he's such an amazing running back and got 35 yards and made it look like there was a chance to score. Mm-hmm. And like there's equal blame to go around well, not equal but he has some blame for handing it off and then everyone thinking oh we're doing laterals here but yeah it was just stupid the stupidest thing is is that he thought throwing it 30 yards backwards to mac jones could create a play what's mac jones gonna do he's the only guy there yeah he's gonna run 60 <laughs> yards to the house he said he didn't see chandler jones which is fine okay you didn't see him and that's a mistake but just throwing it to mac at the fucking 40 is yeah you're not throwing yeah, it to allen or lamar if you're like- still allowed a forward pass on that play I can give him some credit because then Mac might have slung it downfield, but he's not running 60 yards. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I love that Myers took it on the chin uh, whilst being interviewed. But when he said, like, I thought Mac Jones was open, I'm like, yeah, why so? Mac? Like, I would have tossed it to my offensive lineman five yards beside me before yeah. I passed it to Mac Jones 30 yards behind me. Because from... he's just trying to make a ballsy play. And yeah, Stevenson handing the ball back. Probably never should have done that. Just should have went no, down. of course he shouldn't have. And we'll never know what happened on the sidelines, what the play was called. Maybe it was just supposed to be a draw. Maybe they were told to try to run the fucking play, which dude, when I Stevenson handed the ball off, I'm like, oh, don't fucking, word for word, don't fucking do this shit right now. You're going to lose yourself the game. And then it happened. And then I'm like, oh, my fucking God, they just did. They did. They <laughs> threw it right to him. I thought yeah. for a second Mac Jones might make the tackle. Didn't even come close to doing that. Chandler Jones was like, this is my one opportunity to just fuck the Patriots, yeah. and I'm doing it. <laughs> Did you see the video of the Pats fan? Yes. Like, yeah. Sharon seeing Ramondre run, and he was like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And then he was like kind of confused when he passed it back to Myers, and then he was like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Soon, yeah, you can see like the, the Raiders fans on. cheering, and then just, yeah. You also saw like... <laughs> This um, live play, like on the screen behind his head, so you yep. could watch what's going on in the play and his reaction at the same time. It was one of the, it sucked, but it was a freaking hilarious. It was hilarious video. It was perfect, but no, it was brutal all around. Yeah, Scott, you raise a good point. I hate blaming the refs, but when they fucked up as bad as they have in the same weekend. It's... Yeah, that's what makes it even worse. And, they, and like oh, I'm yeah. saying, come on, three separate games lose. on the same slate here or there because of officiating. It happens, and like this won't doesn't matter to a KC or Buffalo or Cincy because they they have room for that. But these teams like the Jets and us and the fucking Chargers and shit, you lose two games as an eight and six team, you're fucked. Yeah, yep. like. So oh. they got to get better. They won't get better. It's been a problem since I've watched football. Like, you go on Raiders fans of this. Everyone's talking about Tuck rule now. It's like, oh, a team getting screwed in a Pats Raiders game. Like, what do you know? Like, it goes back that far <laughs> and probably even fucking further. Like, yeah. officiating this league, it's, it makes, uh, I don't know. I don't want to be tinfoil hatting, but 
it's fucking hard not to with how much money is in this league. And even though I think the Pats being a playoff team is really good for league revenue, yeah. but fucking Goodell hates us. Fucking Brady should have never been suspended. It's all bullshit. I'm so pissed off still. I didn't watch a second of the the Sunday nighter there, the commanders game, even though it was an awesome playoff playoff game, like a whatever. I couldn't watch a second of it. I'm so pissed off. I don't want to watch another second, even though I watched Monday night and it was pretty sick, but <laughs> I'm so fucking upset, dude, just because I want to watch a playoff game. And now they're basically screwed. They got such a hard schedule. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, Raiders, there was Bengals, always... Bills? No, Miami. Yeah, Bengals, Miami. Bengals, Bengals. Bengals. There was a chance, so you win that one and they're 8-6. and six. They lose to the Bengals, probably lose to the Dolphins, maybe not, and then they might have the Bills without Josh Allen. Well, it's like, so, yeah, like, if you beat Miami and then you beat the Bills who are resting. Exactly. There was a fucking big avenue there. And yeah. Now it's just kind of closed. Now they have to beat. They have to probably win out. Maybe maybe they can go. They have to. Uh, they're so screwed. <laughs> and it's so hurt so much. Like <laughs> It's like you don't even want to be mad about the fucking out-of-bounds catch because of how fucking stupid they were. It's like you deserve to lose or you're going to do that fucking dumb shit. Yeah. But it's still bullshit and hey. who's to say the Raiders wouldn't have scored they were they had 30 seconds left and they were operating on that drive they still might have got in but we'll never know because the refs blew it yeah I'll tell you guys this though you guys would both be uh or no you guys would be the top of the division in the NFC South yeah see that makes it even worse <laughs> we get to, like, <laughs> that's Fuck like that's the, oh, I'm so fucking frustrated dude like and they played so bad. The first half of that game was like the worst football I've ever watched. They had every play. They had no idea what was going on. They would be down to the last second because the communication was awful. Nobody knew what routes to run. They were getting delayed game penalties. They snapped the ball on a punt before anyone was ready. Jabril Peppers is standing looking the other way and it gets blocked because he had no idea the ball was being snapped. Like the whole fucking thing was broken. Like just the amount of mistakes that they've made this season that like a peewee football team wouldn't make is so like i yeah. don't mean to say that word but like it's really stupid yeah 100%. i agree and that's week 15 that's week Ugh. 15 um it's gonna be interesting it was a great week of football it really was it was yeah. it was if you're a non-pats fan like and a non-colts fan that was awesome yeah it really was and uh we get to do it all again next week but um getting pretty long here, but we obviously have a game like every week. Um told you boys to prep. In the spirit of the holidays, Sunday being Christmas, um all things, all types of festivities to get forward to, to get look forward to. It's gonna be a great next couple days. We're doing a Christmas draft, all things Christmas, anything related to Christmas, anything around it. I kind of cut off christmas themed stuff at new year's i think anything into january doesn't count towards christmas anymore but anything prior uh, anything 31st to the beginning of december is my christmas frame i don't know about you guys but um yeah spirit of holidays we're gonna be doing a we're gonna be doing a draft hayden as a host of this episode are we uh are we doing a snake draft or are we doing one two three one two three one two three I think considering that there's three players, uh, I think we should do a snake draft. Snake draft? All right. Yeah. As uh, Scotty, as a guest of the show, where, from one to three, do you want to draft? Pick three. Pick three? Good pick. I wanted to pick three. Um, <laughs> yeah, because 
You could go any which way for the first three yeah. picks, I feel like. All right, Hayden, heads or tails? Heads. Tails. Ah, bitch. I'll take Oh my god, no. <laughs> I'll take I'll take pick two. I'll take pick two. Oh fuckers. Yeah. So uh you got pick one. And um yeah, if you have any questions whether the pick counts or not, I'll uh I'll make that judgment. And if I want the pick, it's a no. If I don't need it, it's a yes. The, this uh, is all things Christmas, like in the Christmas season, or yeah, in the whole month of December. Like Christmas season kind of thing, anything you kind of relate to okay. Christmas time okay. kind of thing. Oh man, this is tough. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, tough. How many how many um picks are we all getting? Four? Four or five. I think was... I think four is a good number. All right, we'll do four. Okay. Do four. Four rounds. Whew. Okay. Okay. Well, to start off the draft, if someone could do uh the the sleeper tone. <laughs> <laughs> My one one is just purely going to be gifts, receiving oh. and giving. It's a good pick. Okay. That's a solid pick. It's a good pick. That's, good That's kind of what I had. Uh, I had them. I had them split up, but you can have both of them. Yeah, <laughs> come on. I surely you get both because I don't want to seem like an ass or not yeah, just an asshole. Yeah. So you're gonna take <laughs> getting gifts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you know, this is a this is a tough spot because there's still so much on the board. Right? Um, did you question, did you include stockings in gifts? Is that a separate entity? Uh I feel like it should be the same, though. No? All right. Same? Sounds yeah, good. You're That's... opening it, right? Yeah. It's quite all right. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm gonna do um the world junior championships. Boxing day event. The world... What's that? Very solid pick. That's uh that's my uh that's my pick. Scotty for your uh first and second oh. pick. Uh my first pick I'll go with the dinner. Dinner's, dinner Christmas yeah. dinner. I mean it's, it's not it's not just the food, it's you know, the people, drinks, good times. I think Boy. that uh it's the best type best part of the whole season for me. And my second one. I guess I'm going to keep it in the same vein here. And we're going to go with Christmas breakfast, which doesn't get talked about a lot. You know, you just open up your gifts. Everyone's having a good time. You make a nice breakfast, better one than you usually have. What order do you usually guys, uh, do you guys do for um, your Christmas morning? Presents with like coffee and then breakfast. I do. You get to open one gift. Uh, breakfast. And then back to opening gifts kind of builds the anticipation. Yeah, I do. We do stockings with coffee, breakfast, and then gifts. That's what we usually do. Yeah, Yeah, we do stockings first, but then I always do all the gifts and then breakfast. That's fair. I saw a lot of people saying there's a right order, and I just wasn't sure. (laughs) Um, All right. So um, Christmas dinner and breakfast off the board. Very solid. Very solid. Can't argue with that. Um, I'm going to go with, um, the fat man, Santa. <laughs> I'm going Santa. I think he's the, <laughs> the face of Christmas or at least he's up there. Um, he's on the Mount Rushmore of Christmas, I would say. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm going Santa. That's my pick. 
Who uh, else is on that Mount Rushmore? What's that? Who else is on that Mount Rushmore? I don't know. I didn't think about it too much. I just kind of threw it out there. <laughs> Does Rudolph get on there? Oh, surely. Frosty. Yeah. And uh, then uh, Scrooge, just because of the name. Oh, yeah. Grinch might, might work his way into Oh, yeah. yeah the There's Grinch. a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. You know, there's a lot. <laughs> like your Mount Rushmore top athletes. Like one's got to. There's no right answer. There's no right answer. So I feel like my. I had an answer. Uh, I feel like it kind of ties into what you said, Jeff. So I don't think I can take this. So I'm going to eliminate this already. But I had trying to catch Santa on Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was but, a tough game. That was a tough yeah, game. Obvious. Okay. So I, I can't use that one, which is totally fine. Um, I mean, you, you can. I just picked the entity of Santa. So yeah. you're kind of picking a subgenre of it. That's fine. I'll yeah, allow but, it. That's I mean, not going to be my pick. But I, All right. I, it's like, eh, I have more. I have more. Um. I don't know if this one will get around to me, but you know, after Christmas, what do you got to look forward to? You get back to back like days off within a week, and that's New Year's, you know, the New Year's parties. New Year's parties. Yeah, that's definitely a, it's a hit or miss with people. Some people look forward to it, some people absolutely despise it. But Totally depends what kind of person you are, but it's a pretty solid pick. Solid pick. Fucks with it. We got a. Uh, and then my on my return around, around here. Um, I have it being socially acceptable to have alcohol in your morning drink. <sighs> See, I had all day drinking. That was one of mine as well. I had a I had a Bailey's and coffee in there. So. Yeah, see, it's socially acceptable, right? Yeah. You can just put Bailey's in anything, and you're fucking golden. Yeah. So, uh, morning booze is what I'm putting. Morning booze. All right, all right, all right. For my uh, my third pick, very uh, very tough here, but um, there's a lot that I want that hasn't been picked yet. Man, oh man. Um. I think this is something that I enjoy. Maybe I think it's very, I'm on the majority of this, but I'm going to go a white Christmas. Oh, yeah. I think a white Christmas is majority of people enjoy it. Just the scene of looking out your window, opening presents with snow, uh, with snow everywhere. Some people hate the snow, so they might not like a white Christmas, but I just think the scenery of it. Every Christmas movie has a white Christmas. I fuck with it. So that's that's my that's my yeah, that's a good pick. White X. Um, so I get two here. Yes, sir. Okay, I'm gonna go with. Can I just have just outdoor activities in general? Sledding, skiing, skating. I I was gonna be specific with mine. I wrote I down was specific. Be specific. Yeah. Because okay, you're well, taking well, you're taking like eighty activities in one pick. That's yeah. <laughs> I'll take two of them then. I'll go with uh, sledding and skating outdoors. Just going for a nice Damn. skate. I am more of a skier than both those things, but those ones are special in, in the Christmas vein. So sledding and ODR? Yeah. <sighs> ODR is the time of my life. ODR is so never, much fun. I've actually never uh, been outdoor rinks. Dude, the underneath the pit bridge, there's that pond there. 
Yeah. It freezes like every year. If it, obviously if it's hitting dash 15 tomorrow, it's a very <laughs> good chance that Thursday, Might have Friday. To go and play on there, huh? Yeah, Hundy P. Um, there's a there's a lot that I want here, but I feel like it's appropriate and you need to have it. You need to have a movie. I'm I, I gotta throw a movie on my list yeah. here. And I don't think this is the popular pick, but in Jevin Lefebvre's world, in terms of nostalgia, this is a tradition of mine every New Year's Eve, and that is watching the Polar Express with the fam. So I'm taking yeah. I'm taking the Polar Express. Um, it, it's one, it's top three Christmas movie in my opinion. Um, Tom Hanks playing like eighty percent of the people on there. Oh, hundred percent. Fuck with my mind. And fun fact: the main character. You never hear his name. It's never told. So yeah, there's um, there's also one scene in there where like all the elves are dancing around like the sleigh. One of the elves just doesn't have legs. Yeah, and apparently, um, when they pull into the North Pole or whatever, um, one of the elves wasn't animated, so it's just like keyframe to start at one point and go to the other. It's not walking; it's just like gliding. Amongst oh my god, the crowd. But I guess that's stuff that I never really, you never really notice, right? Yeah, you never so, catch. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, that's my pick, Polar Express, Hayden. That's good. You see, I know what I know. Actually, what we were talking about, like with Scotty, can't have just outdoor stuff. I just wrote down, uh, Xmas or Christmas Eve movies because I feel like every every family has a traditional movie. Yeah, mine. Um, at least with my dad, we always used to watch Chevy Chase Christmas Vacation. Oh, it's it's like my goat Christmas movie, I think. Yeah, it's it's, it's my best. goat Christmas movie as well. Obviously, you and I were fucking is your doing house lines on fire, it. Clark? <laughs> Shitter was full. Yeah, <laughs> Scotty, have you have you seen that movie? Must have. I'm not sure if I have or not. I've seen a bunch of them. You're not um, sure. They, if all you the have? National Lampoons all blend together for me. I can't remember which is which. Do yourself Christmas, a favor, yeah. and when you when you hit up Trail, put on National Lampoons yeah. Christmas Vacation. Do yourself a favor. Yeah. You I don't think I actually have. I've seen the other ones, but you're oh, not going to regret this at all. It's the best. Also, fun fact: uh, the boy in that movie is actually uh, Leonard from The Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. also one that I didn't know until my mom told me. So, so your pick yeah. is Christmas Eve movies, Hayden? No, 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 no. Oh. No, that was you, going to kind of took it. Yeah, and I didn't want to take it. So I got to be separate here. Um, my outdoor activity: making snowmen. Okay, it's a great okay. pick. It's a great pick. It's just a classic, you know. Even as a as an adult now, I still just kind of want to go out there roll up a couple big balls and then you know put on a carrot it's certainly uh, no sledding that's for sure that's a fact it's a fact <laughs> I, I had tobogganing but yeah you took it scott you took it all right do we do we want to go one more round here or are we fine with our fine with our picture we just say honorable mentions or do you guys want to do one more yeah, round? Do honorable mentions i get i get screwed in the snake if we go an odd number of rounds that's fair <laughs> i had um there's a few that i had here um I had some Christmas movies. I had ugly sweaters. Yeah, I like that. I yeah, that's good. a good one. That's a good one. I got, I got one from the Pat McAfee show last year. It's pretty hilarious. That's fire. I uh, I won a 2 6 of Bacardi in like a Yankee swap with our family, and there's a Bacardi ugly sweater in it nice. as well. 
Oh, that's perfect. It's a huge dub. Huge dub for the boys. Uh, family Christmas games. Yeah, that's classic. Yeah. I just had like just having time off and spending that's time with one. people you don't see a lot. I had uh, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Jesus Christ, get out of here. <laughs> uh, work Christmas parties. Oh, I think that one fell through that the cracks. One, That's a good one. Yeah, that one actually. Yeah, Jesus. I almost, I almost picked Boxing Day too. Just deals and stuff like yep. that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's yeah. That's why I had to throw. A, I had to allude to the World Junior Championships. It's something tournament I always look forward to every year. It's a good time. And that's why I kind of said New Year's because it isn't Christmas. But it's, it's still in that season. Holiday, holiday season. Yeah. Exactly. Like you still have all of your shit up. You know, it's like, oh, just save it past New Year's. Yeah. Hundred P. I'll uh, I'll make a little graphic of this um to post on the gram. But Scotty, um, thank you again for coming on this episode. Um, it's always a blast having you on. Uh, where can the people find you? Just Twitter, uh, at underscore Scott Ani. And yeah, read my stuff on theleasenation.com and all the other content on there. Check it out. Fucking rights. Hayden? Boom. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Hayden underscore Barton. And you can find me on Instagram at Jevin.Lafave, on Twitter at JevinLafave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at leftsideheavy underscore. Subscribe to the YouTube Left Side Heavy and rate and review it anywhere. You listen to the podcast. Scott, safe travels up to trail. Uh, Merry Christmas and a happy new year to you. To you, Hayden. I'll see you on Christmas Eve. And to anyone listening, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Enjoy time with the family. Peace out. Much and love. And I also want to say Thank Merry Christmas too because I, I want to. Okay. To everyone except the <laughs> NFL refs. For sure. Oh, yeah. For That's sure. a fact. That's a fact. All right. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.